Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Hey, good morning, Genesis. This morning, we're reading the text from Isaiah, chapter 40. 1 through 11. Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double all for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice cries, says, cry out. And I say, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their, consist- their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain. O Zion, herald of good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother's sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Hey, thanks, Jenny, and thanks, Allie, and thanks, Powell family, and thanks, Petersons, and thanks to everyone, <laughs> Rajan. This beautiful community, it, I, just today especially, I'm feeling so uh, overjoyed to be a part of it. Uh, what <laughs> a fantastic and hilarious group of people, including Penny. Oh, Penny. Hey, I want to welcome you guys uh, to Genesis. I know a few of you are here for the first time, uh, so welcome. Uh, we hope you uh, join in with the all-play questions as you want to, or obviously you can just uh, look on too. But we're a community of people uh, that are uh, committed to joining God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. Uh, that's our heartbeat. That's our DNA. And so we're always on the look out for new ways that God is inviting us 
to become more human, uh, more loving, more kind, uh, that ways in which God longs to expand us so that we can hold more of what's really, really good and true and beautiful about God, about ourselves and about others. So that's what we're about. Uh, Jenny, great job reading the scriptures. This is from Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort. My people, says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. Now, this beautiful redemptive poem that Jenny read from Isaiah 40 marks the end of an exile that had lasted, you guys, for 200 years. So I think 200 years is so incredibly long that we have to put it into some perspective. So how long is 200 years? Well, if God forbid, and I hate to even say this out loud, but if God forbid the COVID-19 pandemic lasted for 200 years, my kids and my grandkids wouldn't see its end. Only my great, 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 great grandchildren would live to see a new beginning. I mean, that is a long time. So imagine being in exile for so long that your parents can't remember anything different. Your grandparents can't remember anything different. Your great grandparents can't remember anything different. You've just always lived away from home and away from the familiar comforts of what you, how you normally worship, how you normally live. So what does it mean to be in exile? Well, this wasn't a voluntary exile, uh, like moving to a cave, you know, to find God or moving to <laughs> Colorado or something. Uh, the Jews in the time of this exile were forcibly removed from their ancestral lands and forced into a new, much more morally ambiguous a culture in Babylon. So try to imagine a foreign power invading your home and forcing you to relocate, that you wouldn't have a choice about it. Uh, but this wasn't just a physical exile, it was also a spiritual exile. All their familiar placeholders, the rituals, their experiences were gone. Uh, if that happened to you, it might make you question everything you ever believed. A physical exile is one thing. A spiritual exile at the same time is something altogether uh, bigger, deeper, maybe more challenging. So I want to ask the first all play question. All play questions are just designed to hear the voice of the chorus, not just the voice of the solo. So feel free to use the chat to answer any way that you feel like you want to. Here's the question. I'm curious... Does anybody here on this Zoom call feel like they've experienced a spiritual exile before? If so, what are some words that you would use to describe what that's like? So again, use the chat to answer. Has any of you feel like you've experienced a spiritual exile before? Where everything you used to believe, now you just can't find an anchor in, even though you want to where the things that used to feel familiar and uplifting to you now no longer don't. Uh, Kara uh, writes, so lonely. Allie writes, arid, dry. Uh, Mitch, it's brutal. Yeah, so some of you are chiming in. 
yes, I have experienced spiritual exile and it feels brutal, arid, lonely. Uh, Nate Banker, there's no way to measure it if you're doing it right. Exactly. How do you, we all want to know, like if we're going <laughs> to do a hard thing like exile, give me some markers to know, like, am I even doing exile right? Um, uh, will, disorientation. Yeah, you don't know which way is up. You don't know which way is forward or backward. You don't know if you're moving forward or backward. Uh, Christine, yes, it's monotonous and empty. I agree. I agree. You you actually are longing for something rich and beautiful and connective with God or others, and it all just kind of feels empty. Uh, Bob, emptiness of physical contact. Yes. You know, I think COVID-19 is a kind of spiritual exile, you guys. It really is. It's relational exile. It is forcing us to really wonder about what it is that really holds us all together. What is it that's important? How long can we last without physical contact? Um, Leah, it's colorless. Oh my goodness. Yes. What a great descriptor. Uh, Sarah, observing my daughter going through this right now. Oh, it's confusing and hard. Yes. It, it, maybe it's even harder to see a loved one go through it than it is for you to go through it yourself. You know, yes, I totally agree, Sarah. Um, Grant, thank you, Grant. It's sad. Yes. Rebecca, there's a grief in the losses of it. And yes, thank you, Rebecca. I think that's so important to even name it as grief. Like experiencing exile, naming the losses of it naming the things that used to feel spiritually connective that now no longer do. And it's not even because you've made this decision. I am no longer going to worship that way. I'm no longer going to believe that way. It's almost like those things just kind of sifted away from you and you would bring them back if you could, but you can't. Uh, Bob, no hugs or eye to eye contact, no hearing of life stories, no clear way to empathize. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you guys, if the first Sunday of Advent last week spoke of suffering, calamity, and danger, remember the sun refusing to rise and the stars falling from the sky? Well, the, the, the second Sunday of Advent is a hopeful declaration of good news for people who have suffered through a long exile. Comfort, deliverance, and salvation are coming soon, says the second Sunday of Advent, the scriptures in it. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people, says your God. All right, you guys, now this is one of my favorite parts because it is a big time nerdy language alert. Okay, the first of two, and this is a juicy one. Here we go. The Hebrew word for comfort is nacham. Okay, kids, say that with me. Okay, ready? One, two, three, nacham. You gotta make that voice. <laughs> sound in the back of your throat. And naham, what it most literally means is not even a word. It means to sigh or to breathe strongly. As it relates to comfort, I picture someone who has suffered greatly being pulled into a loving embrace. And you know when someone is hurting so bad that no words help, all you can do is sort of go... That's what Nacham is, you guys. A loving 
embrace, a sigh that's so loving and so deep that it respects that no words would even help right now. The pain is that big. I mean, that is juicy and that is worthy of a nerd alert, is it not? Uh, in verse 11, we read this. Uh, this is right from today's text. This is the kind of comfort that God longs to bring. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. He will gather, he will carry, he will feed, and he will gently lead them. Now, why is this important to name this in verse 11? Because the people of God in this time throughout this exile had been abused and treated harshly by shepherds who were not good shepherds. And so the good news, the great news of the second Sunday of Advent is if you've experienced all those things, if you are experiencing all those things of spiritual exile, the dryness, the emptiness, the colorlessness, the second Sunday of Advent is a bold and hopeful declaration that this will not last forever, you guys. Oh, and it's such good news. Hear the words of Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle. I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You guys, I'm 50 years old now. I'm so proud to say that. My kids are all telling me, Dad, you're so old. Are you officially middle-aged now or are you like elderly? <laughs> and I just say, yes. Uh, in fact, I think I kind of pulled a muscle in my back this week while playing ping pong with my kids. <laughs> That's how old I am, you guys. But in all my years of being in the church and in and out and believing and not believing, and I have had spiritual exiles, plural. One of the biggest things that forces me into exile is religion that feels heavy and burdensome. Religion that's filled with rules and exclusions and judgments. And if you do this, you'll be accepted. And if you don't do it, you won't be accepted. Over the course of my life, that kind of spirituality, that kind of religion forces me, or maybe better yet said, invites me to look for something bigger and more expansive. And when I go on those journeys, um, the period of time, the threshold, the liminal space from leaving the one system that's burdensome and finding a new one, it's usually many months of darkness, you guys. I'm in one right now. I mean, I just have to admit it. I, I see a spiritual director uh, every month. And for months now, he and I have been walking through this thing of, I don't feel God the way I want to when I'm singing. I don't feel that one feeling I used to have. I don't sense God in the quiet places uh, in the morning when I wake up. I don't, um, I don't, some of the things that used to really, really comfort me about the Bible, spirituality, uh, no longer do. And it's not that I don't want them to. It's just that they've kind of evaporated. And so the question for me that my spiritual director is really helping me see is that you haven't lost faith, Steve. Your faith is just expanding. So how can you 
live into the exile, into the darkness, accepting it for what it is, not controlling the outcome, not leaving it too soon so that I can move into a new, more expansive and expanding um, faith. Uh, I'm going to come back. John Powell says, my journey I've never thought of as exile. It was more of an invitation to explore all the dark corners of the room I wasn't allowed to explore before. John, thank you. That's so good and rich. What a great perspective. What a great perspective. Well, the very good news of the second Sunday of Advent is this. For anyone who's experienced the suffering and the wilderness of spiritual exile, and I know many of you are there right now. I just know it because I know your stories. Jesus offers to feed you if you're starving. He offers to gather you in his arms and carry you close to his bosom if you're injured and can't walk by yourself. For those of you who are mothers who carry so many heavy burdens right now, I'm talking about literal mothers who carry so many heavy burdens, Jesus will lead you back home with gentleness. Man, that's good news. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. You guys ready for the second, even more nerdy alert? Here we go. Yes, and Reagan, the mothers who are thankful to be muted during church. I don't know if that's because your kids are so loud or because you're crying or whatever, but probably the kids are loud. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm downstairs, you guys. But here's the second nerd alert, and I love this one. It's so nerdy, even Danny Cook might be a, might be a little appalled because we're gonna talk verb tenses. Oh my Lord, verb tenses. The verb tense for comfort, naham, is in the plural imperative. <laughs> Even I'm nerded out right now. What that means is that picture comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Picture it in your mind. God is speaking to a group of people, plural imperative, plural means more than one, imperative means you need to go do this. He's not speaking directly to the Israelites, like, oh, oh, my people, be comforted. He's speaking to like a group of people that are sort of surrounding God. Picture five or six, maybe angels, who will soon be sent by God to bring this good news to her people. I mean, this is crazy. This is so sweet. It could be translated, hey, you beings gathered around me, listening to me now. Pretty soon, I'm going to send you to go comfort my people. Oh, isn't that good? So I want to spend just the next few minutes remaining of our time together, imagining that we, the people of Genesis, some of whom are in spiritual exile, uh, are the messengers gathered around God as she longs to send us out to comfort, comfort her people. God seems to want our partnership in comforting her people. So I wonder, Genesis, as a community, let's let this be an all-play question, can we? What do you think, what unique message has God given us to bring to those who are suffering or in exile right now? What unique message? Imagine we're the messengers that God longs to send out. Part of our calling as a church um, is to go and bring good news to people who are hurting. And Nate, what does it mean to comfort someone? I think that is a great question to sit with. And Laura, 
one of the messages that we're given to, to people is that you are not alone. Yes. And Laura, thank you that God is in the darkness. Yes. Right. Uh, you're loved no less than I am, Bob. Yes. Elizabeth, you're welcome here. Yes. Danny Cook, that thing that you're not sure you can believe anymore, letting go of it cannot separate you from God's love. Yes, yes, yes. There's freedom in expanding. Jenny, I have been in pain and alone too. I am with you. What powerful words. I think that might comfort someone. No answers, you know, no quick fixes. I've been in pain too, and I am with you. You're valuable and loved, says Hannah. Um, Rebecca, we see you. We hear you. Yes. Nate, what you're feeling right now is okay, and it's not going to scare me away. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine hearing that? in the moment of doubt, in a moment of confusion, in a moment of exile. Uh, John Powell, it's going to be okay. Ugh. And yes, Bob, I echo, amen, Rebecca. Uh, from Joan Shaming, show up as a listening presence. Yeah, maybe not so much of a speaking presence, but a listening presence. Uh, from Mitch Bankus, yes, you're a child of God and deeply loved, no matter what. Ooh. You guys, I think we're just a normal church. We have our quirks. But like any normal church, we've been given a message from God to bring that's maybe unique to us. And I think it does have to do with people who are in spiritual exile to bring some good news of freedom that nothing can separate them from God's love, that they can move, they can keep moving and keep evolving and keep growing. And they have a place here and they're not alone. And they can be listened to and they, that it is going to be okay. Uh, yeah, walking with you all the way. It's Now it's your turn. Oh, you guys, this is so, so good. In verses 9 through 11 of Isaiah 40, um, and Nate, we are so much of a church for those in spiritual exile. I, I think we are, you guys. And that means, that means, what does it mean for us to be a listening presence for people, you know? If we are a church for those who are in spiritual exile, then it means, what does it mean to really um, develop empathy and be okay with people who believe differently about certain things, even strongly, you know, get you up to a high mountain. Uh, Isaiah 40 verses nine through 11. O Zion, herald of good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense is before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. What if we were? a church that cared about delivering good news to people, but not maybe in the old school way where like we're trying to convince someone to join a club by believing a certain thing. What if the good news we delivered to people was more like we just talked about to be a listening presence, to say that there is nothing that can separate you from God's love, to say that there is a place for you here to say that we are so committed to including you 
that were willing to offer you freedom in Christ to disagree about really big things. But that's not going to be what holds, holds us together, agreeing on politics, agreeing on points of theology. But what's going to hold us together is we are bearers and heralders of the good news that in Jesus, the Christ, all are welcome here. And all are given a invitation to keep growing in their faith, to keep expanding. And when they go through exile moments and seasons where it's colorless and arid and dry and hard, we are a community of people that has the kind of, that develops the kind of empathy and wisdom not to try to yank someone out of their exile too soon, but to help them see, as Laura said, where God is alive and vibrant in the darkness. I think that's really good news. And if we could be bearers of that kind of good news, oh my gosh, that would be good, wouldn't it? What if sharing this kind of good news was more about helping people see how God longs to feed them because they're starving, that they're not bad, they're just starving. That's the message of the Eucharist, you know? You're invited here because Jesus is the host and you're not a bad person, you're just starving. You need food, you need spiritual nourishment. What if sharing this kind of good news was about reminding people that God longs to gather them in her arms, in his arms, to carry them, to gently lead them, um, this can happen through words, but it can more happen through presence, you know, um, comfort. Oh, comfort my people, says the Lord. And I wonder uh, in what ways, as we wrap this up, this is a reflection question for you to just think about maybe with some others that you care about. In what ways can you join this work of heralding and bearing this kind of good news? In what ways, whether you're four or 84, in what ways can you join God's work of bringing this beautiful, transcendent, good news that people are included, that people are part of God's beautiful, redemptive plan to bring all things uh, into oneness? Um, how can you join God's work this week doing that? Mm. Mm. What a question. Endings are a place where life is Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any, any questions, questions or would, would like, like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.